For 100 years, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. I've got a trivia question for you. At your next get-together, ask your friends, who's the Green Bay Packers all-time leader in yards per reception? Now think about it. This is a franchise with Hall of Famers like Don Hudson and James Lofton. There's the great Sterling Sharp and the franchise's all-time leading receiver, Donald Driver. Not to mention Greg Jennings and Robert Brooks. All fabulously productive receivers. But the answer to that trivia question came to Green Bay in a 1965 trade with the Los Angeles Rams, Virginia native Carol Dale. Back then, he had no problem leaving Tinseltown for Titletown. Well, my experience in L.A., uh, I uh, arrived there in 1960, and uh, so five years uh, we played Green Bay Packers twice a year. And my record against Green Bay was zero and 10. <laughs> and uh, I watched uh, Green Bay win the, the NFL championship in 61, 62, and, and Coach Lombardi was giving out uh, TV sets. That's when color TV came out and, and mink stoles and to the wives. And so it made it very uncomfortable for the rest of us in the league that had wives and we were married. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, uh, I happened to be uh, working all season. We had work in my day in all season. I was selling sporting goods, and I was in a small town in Virginia, standing in a motel, and a coach calls me one morning in, uh, in April, uh, says, your picture's in the Roanoke paper. And I said, for what? He said, you've been traded to the Green Bay Packers. And so it was like Christmas coming in the spring. <laughs> Uh, so if I had uh, had a choice of going anywhere I wanted to go, of course I would have selected Green Bay because they were, you know, they'd won in 61, 62, and they came in second the next two years. And, and so uh, to be traded here was really uh, um, just, I was thrilled and overjoyed. Let me ask you about, you played eight years, 111 games, 13 100-yard receiving games, and you hold the career record still in Green Bay for yards per catch at 19.7, if I've got that right. Um, I don't know what you ran in the 40, but how did you do that uh, over the course of, of a career? Well, uh, you know, to hold a franchise record for yards per catch, and with you look at all the great receivers uh, down the Packer history, why, uh, yes, that's kind of impressive, but... Uh, it goes back to our, our uh, uh, Bart uh, having a great knack uh, for third and ones. And I happened to be on the receiving end uh, some of those third and ones and we, where was a play action and he faked and, and uh, I kind of faked like I was going to block and, and we scored a lot of touchdowns, you know, some of them in the 80s and uh, 70s and so forth. and uh, so. Uh, that the type of offense we had in Bart's ability really, I think, had to do with the yards. Today, um, a defensive back can make contact with the receiver only within five yards of the line of scrimmage. 
in your day, wasn't it hand-to-hand -hand combat all the way down the field? <laughs> Pretty physical, wasn't it? Well, you know, we were in three-point stances uh, uh, about all the time. And, uh, and so you're watching the ball, and it was legal for them to come up and cut you or hit you. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you had to be aware uh, of those defensive backs that tried that. And, uh, and so it was trying to look at two places to be, you know, keep your head up and, and still watch the ball, uh, especially if you had crowd noise and make sure you didn't jump off sides. Uh, but uh, uh, I th yeah, I think the rules are better today. In many cases, the quarterback has a lot to do with a wide receiver's success. It helped that Carroll had a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing him the football in the great Bart Starr. So Bart, uh, uh, when we first came, of course, everybody welcomed us and ended up, uh, that was in the day before the internet and place to live, so I arrived in Green Bay uh, for training camp with a wife and two kids, and so we put them in a motel. We figured we will find a place, and so it was a little bit slow, so ended up uh, my wife and two kids moved in Bart's house with Cherry uh, for a couple of weeks till we got things lined out, and so uh, that was the, you know, first encounter of a guy that had, had heart and cared about his teammates and so forth, and uh, uh, but Bart on the football field was a leader and he demanded that and uh, uh, he listened to players but uh, he wouldn't take any uh, disorder, uh, so to speak, in the huddle. Uh, he, he would call people out if, if they were out of line and so forth and uh, so his demands and of course I've heard the story about Coach Lombardi getting after him one day in front of the team and he went to the coach later and you know personally privately and said coach uh, if you have something to say to me critically why well, please say it in private if you want me to be the leader uh, you need to do that you don't need to embarrass me in front of the, the team and so that was the type of guy he was as a play caller um, now he's calling the plays out there uh, tell us about that uh, was was he did he ever do things un, unusual? Like, for example, did he kind of come off the script a little bit occasionally? And you sit, sit there and say to yourself, boy, I don't know if we really, that really didn't kind of fit here, but boy, it worked and that kind of thing. Well, we did try to communicate. And Coach Lombardi, you know, at one receiver's hollering, get me the ball. Yeah. It's just what do you have? You know, what do you think you, you know, is your best chance of success? And he would ask uh, players that and every now and then Coach Lombardi might come up, we'd be struggling. He'd say, Boyd, Carol, what do y'all got? You know, and uh, and you try to answer something, hopefully, you know, it wasn't uh, that it was good information and uh, and so that happened quite a bit. Uh, the Cleveland game, my first year here, we had six inches of snow uh, the morning before the game, and so the field and conditions were against Cleveland in the NFL championship game, and uh, Bart asked me, or I told Bart, I said, you know, they're playing me a little, little close. And so I go down and, and run a, I'm gonna run a fly pattern and do a little fake out and up, and, and uh, 
of course, Bart threw the ball and it was wet and slippery and he underthrew it. And so it worked. I came back and I got it in the defense, about two defensive backs fell down. And so we scored a touchdown. Uh, but so you have to have a, a, a little bit of luck uh, along with, you know, the great leadership of Bart and the play calling. No visit with a Lombardi Packer would be complete without revisiting the most famous game in NFL history, the Ice Bowl. You're down by three, you have 68 yards to go, and you haven't done anything since, I think, the first quarter or the first play of the second quarter. Nothing. I mean, minus nine yards on like 31 plays. What was your thought? Do you remember your thought as you went into that huddle for that final drive and what was going to make or break well, that year? Well, those, those two Dallas games the year before we did, the, you know, they were kind of followed the same recipe, so to speak, uh, because we were up 14 nothing in both of them. And then uh, in Green Bay and the Ice Bowl, well, then the elements kind of went against us because we're up 14 to nothing and, and you have two people that never make mistakes. Uh, Bart had a fumble and uh, ended up seven or three points and Willie Wood fumbles a punt and it had to be, you know, due to the weather. And uh, and then they're just kicking our butts in the second half. And, and uh, uh, so this is, you know, when we get the ball, uh, this is our last chance. We, we all were aware that uh, it's either now or, or we're going to be losers. And Coach Lombardi's teaching throughout the years is always, you know, you leave nothing on the field and you give it, you know, all you have and, and so forth. And, and the guys that made the big plays, they, they, they delivered. And uh, I think it's just one of those mental things that was you know, we heard it over and over so much that it, we believed it, we could. Let me ask you what the feeling was uh, as you huddled up each time, what the feeling was on that drive, what the, uh, what the process was. I mean, um, was there any panic? Was it just kind of like, you know, business as usual type of thing? What was going on? Uh, I, I think it's very business-like that, that we just ever play knew and somebody delivered and, and, uh, and you got ready for the next play. And uh, uh, so it was uh, one of those games that uh, uh, the ball, you know, had a tendency to fly a little bit. And if it were high, well, uh, you might have a tendency to short arm. It was difficult to catch those high balls. And, uh, and you know, and the defensive backs at Dallas, uh, they, were, they were not gonna let me get behind them. And, uh, and so, you know, because receiver knows where they're going on a slick field. And so the defensive backs at disadvantage. And so uh, for the most part, uh, they played a little bit of prevent defense, I think, on the outside anyway. And our, you know, our backs, Donnie made great catches, Chuck Mercine, and uh, everybody just seemed to come together and, and, you know, do what they had to do. Jerry Kramer has said that that to him defines the Lombardi Packers, that drive. Uh, do you feel the same way? I think so. I think everything that Coach did uh, was for the good of the team. It, it, you know, there weren't any personal vendettas or anything like that. I, I mean, he, he made those decisions. If you were the best player to position, 
you were in there whether he liked you or not. You might be gone the next year, but, but if you were there, you were the best player. He didn't let personal feelings uh, involve his football decisions. And uh, he, he really, and he, and he had ability to evaluate. And uh, so uh, he, he was a lot more observant than you would think. Uh, uh, so, so his, all this teaching and, you know, the teaching of priorities, he started ever training camp with. Guys, should only be three things on your mind. Number one, your church got a religion. Number two, your families. And number three, Green Bay Packer football and nothing else. And that was our priority list. And so he preached that over and over. And so when you're at that point, well, this is it. This is what it's all about. This is a whole season. You're, you know, if we don't win, if you don't make this drive, you're going home for Christmas. Uh, or you're going to have a bad New Year. <laughs> what was the feeling like in the locker room after the game? Uh, well, I, I'm sure it was all elation. We were elated to, to accomplish, uh, you know, and we, we felt like we did it the hard way. Uh, but, uh, but to make mistakes and overcome turnovers and sacks and so forth, why, it was a great accomplishment as a team. I imagine there was a lot of relief in that rock, locker oh. room as well. <laughs> you better believe it, <laughs> to come back and win and, and in the, under the, those conditions. Uh, I think it still had to rank as one of the greatest games ever.